Hello, my friend, and welcome to Wisdom Trek. I am Guthrie Chamberlain, your guide to wisdom and creating a living legacy. Thank you for joining us for our five-day-per-week wisdom and legacy-building podcast. We are broadcasting from our studios at the Big House in Marietta, Ohio. Today is day 951 of our trek, and it is Wisdom Wednesday. Creating a biblical worldview is important to have a proper perspective on today's current events. To establish a biblical worldview, it is required that we also have a proper understanding of God's Word. Especially in our Western cultures, we do not fully understand the scriptures from the mindset and the culture of the authors. In order to help us all have a better understanding of some of the more obscure passages in God's Word, we are investing Wisdom Wednesdays, reviewing a series of essays from one of today's most prominent Hebrew scholars, Dr. Michael S. Heiser. He has compiled these essays into a book titled, I Dare You Not to Bore Me with the Bible. Have you ever wondered what happened to the Ark of the Covenant? Well, in today's essay, we will explore the important question of, where is the Ark of the Covenant? I can still recall the thrill of seeing the Raiders of the Lost Ark movie, and Dr. Heiser also agrees when he said, as a senior in high school, I had already been infected by the archaeology bug. The movie boosted my interest to a whole new level. As Providence would have it, I followed the path of Indiana Jones, at least academically. I'm fascinated by the Ark, but I no longer believe that it is lost and awaiting discovery, and I have Jeremiah to blame me for that. The idea of the Ark of the Covenant surviving Nebuchadnezzar's invasion of Judah is based on the absence of any explicit reference to the Ark being among the vessels of gold carried off to Babylon in 2 Chronicles chapter 36 verses 5 through 8. Likewise, the list of items brought back to Judah after the end of the exiles makes no mention of the Ark of the Covenant, which can be found in Ezra chapter 1 verses 5 through 11. The simplest explanations is that the Ark of the Covenant, among the other items, were stripped away from the temple in 2 Kings chapter 24, verse 13. And it reads, As the Lord had said beforehand, Nebuchadnezzar carried away all the treasures of the Lord's temple and the royal palace, and he stripped away, or cut apart, all the gold objects that King Solomon of Israel had placed into the temple. Now, if Indiana Jones was made by this, no one would pay to see this movie. From ancient times until the present day, people have resisted the idea that God would allow Nebuchadnezzar to destroy Israel's most holiest object. Testifying to the power of this resistance, there are nearly a dozen theories about how the Ark of the Covenant survived. Some of these theories are drawn from biblical events. Perhaps Hezekiah gave the Ark to the Shnecherim as part of the tribute payment in 2 Kings chapter 18. Might it have been removed from the faithful priest of Manasseh, who put an idol in the temple in 2 Kings chapter 21, verses 1 through 9? The Indiana Jones movie told millions that the Pharaoh Shishkak took the ark to the city of Tanis in Egypt when he invaded Jerusalem in 1 Kings chapter 14, verses 25 and 26. And this is what it says in that passage: In the fifth year of King Rehoboam's reign, King Shishkak of Egypt came and attacked Jerusalem. He ransacked the treasuries of the Lord's temple and the royal palace. He stole everything, including all the gold shields that Solomon had made. Perhaps the most intricate theories involves Menelik I, the alleged son of Solomon from the Queen of Sheba, and then taking the ark to Ethiopia. The Ethiopian royal chronicle 
which is referred to as Kibra Nagast, presents the idea so seriously that the rulers of Ethiopia well into the 20th century had to prove that their descent was from Menelikwan. Other theories grew out of the specific passages in the ancient text. 2 Maccabees chapter 2, verse 5 records Jeremiah hiding the ark in a cave before Nebuchadnezzar's invasion. 2 Baruch chapter 6, verses 1-9 through 9, describes the ark supernaturally swallowed up by the earth before the invasion, and it is tucked away until the time of Israel's restoration. Jeremiah chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 tells us, And when the land was once more filled with people, says the Lord, you will no longer wish for the good old days when you possess the Ark of the Covenant. You will not miss the days or even remember them, and there will be no need to rebuild the Ark. In that day, Jerusalem will be known as the throne of the Lord, and all the nations will come there to honor the Lord. They will no longer stubbornly follow their own evil desires. So we see in this passage I just read shows that the ark would be absent because of the exile. Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 16 also insists, and there will be no need to rebuild the ark. This wording strongly suggests that the ark would be destroyed in the impending disaster. If the ark weren't destined for destruction, talk about rebuilding it would make no sense at all. Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 17 reinforces this point. The ark was God's throne. He sat between the cherubs and the lid of the mercy seat, Exodus chapter 25, verses 18 through 23, and Numbers chapter 7, verse 89. But the passage speaks of one day when Jerusalem itself will be called God's throne. We read this in Revelation chapter 21, verses 2 and 3. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne, saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. After reading this passage in Revelation and a previous one in Jeremiah, the recovered Ark of the Covenant doesn't fit in this picture. It would be a disappointment if it was discovered. And that will include our essay for today. Next Wisdom Wednesday, we will continue with the Old Testament book as we look at Dr. Heiser's next essay titled, He, Him, Me, Myself, and I. I believe that you'll find this another interesting topic to consider as we build our own biblical worldview. And tomorrow we will continue with our three-minute humor nugget that will provide you with a bit of cheer, which will help you to lighten up and live that rich and satisfying life. So encourage your friends and family to join us and then come along with us tomorrow for another day of Wisdom Trek, Creating a Legacy. If you'd like to listen to in the past 950 treks or read the Wisdom Journal, they are all available at wisdom-trek.com. I encourage you to subscribe to Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts so that each day's trek will be downloaded to you automatically. And thank you so much for allowing me to be your guide, your mentor, But most importantly, I am your friend as I serve you through the Wisdom Trek podcast and journal. And as we take this trek of life together, let us always live abundantly, love unconditionally, listen intentionally, learn continuously, lend to others generously, lead with integrity, and then leave a living legacy each day. I am Guthrie Chamberlain reminding you to keep moving forward. Enjoy your journey 
and then create a great day every day. See you tomorrow.